The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Six podcast, and we are coming to you live on tape. I think that's what they used to say in the 90s. Uh, we're in our various hotel rooms. Just got back from opening night of Legion Stadium. If you were watching us on TV Sports HQ, thank you. Uh, we're going to do a little quick recap, spin it forward, and that will be it. Tomorrow, Tuesday, we'll be live on CBS Sports HQ, 8 p.m., 9 p.m. Eastern. Just check that out. Will Brinson, John Breach, and Ryan Wilson. Breach, unfortunately, took off his jacket. I'll take a quick peek there my monitor's over there. He's not wearing his jacket, so you have to go check Twitter or uh, watch a replay uh, of opening night. Uh, Breach, I think, stole the show, Brinson. Would you say that? Or did our buddy Jordan Dejani, who we work with, win the, uh, the prize for best suit at opening night? Yeah, friend of the pod, Jordan Dejani and John Breach uh, were both interviewed by a blogger, uh, which means that you know it's really come full circle when you're being interviewed for your ridiculous outfit at Super Bowl media night. Uh, Breach, do you think that your your journalism professors, your teachers, the people who allegedly <laughs> you, uh, taught you various things about being a journalist? Uh, are looking down in disgust at you wearing this jacket, or do they think that's the Johnny B. Bad we all know? They are thinking, I give that guy's coat an A-plus because he is in Las Vegas for the Super Bowl, and you go full Vegas when you're ever in Vegas for the Super Bowl, Brinson. They're thinking that guy adjusts to the times, he adjusts to wherever he is, and he adjusts to his colleagues and matches them for enthusiasm. So you know what? I think they would love it. I'm I'll give you a plus. All right, let's start there, Breach. Let's start with the atmosphere, the things we 
we sort of talked about an HQ. Um, so why ja- it's a white jacket covered in cards, if you're wondering. Yeah, go watch this on the YouTubes. You can see Debo put up a, a clip or go check it out on Twitter. Let's start here, Breach. Let's start with the fact that when the Chiefs, and they were the first team to come out for their first hour, the Chiefs at the field, there were loud boos. And I saw a tweet, 28,000 fans in the stands by the time it was all said and done, uh, heavily leaning towards the 49ers. What is your explanation, sir, for why that was the case? Well, I think, you know what, Brenton, our uh, colleague who knows the exact attendance numbers, <laughs> was it 23,000 or 28,000? It was 23,563. It was, there was age. a lot. And that's the point. And the whole lower bowl was filled. And I think that's what the NFL wanted. We did the math, $30 a pop, 23,000 people. Ooh. That's a lot of moolah that you $700,000. Go bet on black on the roulette wheel with that $700,000 because you're in Vegas. You know, but here's the thing. And we kind of touch on this that when you're the Chiefs, if you're a Chiefs fan, this is your fourth Super Bowl in five years. Is Super Bowl media night even exciting anymore if you're doing it for the fourth time in five years? So I don't think Chiefs fans were necessarily in a rush to get to Vegas early for Super Bowl media night, which is something you might do if your team has not been in the Super Bowl in a while or has not won a Super Bowl in a while. On the flip side, you have the 49ers. Uh, you only have to fly from San, San Francisco, so it's a short flight. And your team hasn't won a Super Bowl in 30 years. So you these fans are super excited. And it was pretty clear, right, Brenton, that they were definitely the more enthusiastic fan base on Monday night. Yeah, no question about it. And, you know, part of that maybe I, I don't think we should chalk it up as like apathy or disdain for coming out here early or anything like that. Could be also a little bit of experience. Chiefs fans know that they don't need to be out here until later in the week. They figured out how to, you know, the best ways to to, to spend your money, maybe. And I think 49ers fans want revenge here. They lost to the Chiefs four years ago, of course. And it's been what, since 94? Is that right? Since the 49ers have won a Super Bowl? I mean, that's, that's a long time for a franchise that's won as many titles as the 49ers have. They also came into the season as prohibitive favorites. Um, you know, you feel like, you know, if you're the Chiefs, you're like, well, we're the three seed, kind of a down year. Feel, you know, we win the Super Bowl this year. It's just like bone it, you know, you play with house money a little bit, which is crazy to think when you got Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes on your team. But yeah, it was very clearly breach. You said to me, like, I think it might be like 70 30 or 75 25. And then like they, they let out this roar, booing cheat, booing the Chiefs to cheer you on the 49ers. I think it might have been close to like 80-20, although I will say a large number of the 49ers fans and people in the building petered out pretty quickly after that first team. They better better cut off the beer sales for all we know. Right. One side of the stadium, the Chiefs side, if you want to call it that, seemed to be pretty much close to empty by the end. But I will say our set was set up right on the other sideline next to a bunch of 49ers fans who were incessantly loud. Uh, to the point that producer Debo wouldn't let his podcast there, but that's something you can you can tweet Debo at personally. Uh, I'll say this: so I'll push back for the same the same reasons I pushed back when we did HQ Brinson about not the apathy, not the disdain as you talked about it, but what about the influx of Swifties now that Travis Kelsey is a part of a Swift Nation? Is that a thing? Yeah. Uh- I think, I think it's just Swifties. Yeah, I mean, I think, okay. well, I think that, we're look, we're going to see probably the most watched Super Bowl in NFL history. Um, I mean, almost, I think it's almost like a guarantee, and let, even if it's a blowout, you know, you might just get more Taylor Swift. Uh, and that's because you're going to have these casual fans who are tuning in to watch the game to see if Taylor Swift is playing, to, to see if she's playing, to see how often <laughs> she's shown, and to see if That'd Travis awesome. Kelsey 
Like, right. Uh, to see Travis Kelsey catches a touchdown pass and you know does the hard sign, blow, you know, blows kisses up to the up to the, the up to the the luxury box where she's watching the game. And I do think, Breach, you pointed this out, but we'll probably see CBS. I think she got like 44 seconds of airtime during the AFC Championship game. I like the way that the NFL and CBS crew was sort of reading the room there and saying, "Look, we understand she's here. She's a part of the storyline. Uh, you know, we can't you can't tell the story of the the 2024 2023 NFL season, excuse me, without Taylor Swift. But at the same time, you know, we have Ravens and Chiefs, a huge football matchup. We don't want to make it about her. I think it will be a little bit different during the Super Bowl. But we've also had a situation where. Um, I'm trying to think exactly what Super Bowl was, but it was like a bunch of like, how many times will Giselle be shown with the Patriots in attendance? Or how many times will um, Ciara be shown with, you know, the Seahawks in attendance? And I think CBS is typically a little more muted about, you know, that approach. So I'll be interested to see how the television uh, part of that plays out. But yeah, I don't think Swifties were a factor tonight in attendance. I do think Swifties may be a huge factor. Maybe they were, Wilson. Maybe you're right. Maybe there's a bunch of Chiefs fans who uh, were, were there just to see Travis Kelsey. Who knows? All right, Brief, before you answer, I'm going to ask you guys the same question. Is Taylor Swift going to be there? First off, Brief, lay out the, the logistical concerns, and then you and Brent's going to answer whether she's going to be there or not. Yeah, so we've talked about how she has the concert in Tokyo on Saturday night before the Super Bowl, but that's on Tokyo time, which is actually 1 a.m. <laughs> Saturday morning in Las Vegas. So you have the concert, we'll say it lasts five hours. That's 6 a.m. Las Vegas time. Uh, let's say it takes you two hours to get changed, to get from the concert venue to the airport. Now you're at 8 a.m. Las Vegas time, and then you're staring at probably a 12-hour flight from Tokyo to Las Vegas. So that gets you to 8 p.m. Las Vegas time on Saturday night. So if everything works to her plan, and I'm assuming she'll want to get there Saturday night to get a good night's sleep, she should be able to get there uh, at a reasonable hour on Saturday night. Maybe even so- stop in and say hi to Travis in his hotel. I don't know if Andy Reid will be down with that. Breach. Super Bowl? No, there's no parking, though. So explain that part. Yeah, the, the, the whole jet parking. Look, it's Las Vegas. Everyone wants to be here. All the private jet spots are taken. So I'm sure the NFL does have their kind of own allotment and that they can kind of hmm. set something aside for Taylor Swift. And I'm assuming that's what will happen. Assuming she is on a private jet, because as we mentioned earlier this week, her private jet doesn't fly from Tokyo to Vegas. It doesn't have that range. Uh, it is a long, long flight. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what she does. But I think Brinson would agree that it, it seems about 100% certainty that she'll be there. 100? Uh, yeah, I think it's 100% chance that she's there, wow. barring some kind of like, you know, like unforeseen, you know, some sort of situation that is out, you know, like a, what do we call it during the pandemic? Like a, you know, at the hand of God act or whatever it is, like something like that that would prevent her. Like she's the most famous pop star in the world. She's madly in love with the guy, one of the guy, top players for one of the teams that's in there. She's been going to all these games all year. It'd be crazy if she stopped going right now. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's like ninety nine point nine percent chance she's there. All right, Lens over Wilson uh, has the number that just came in. You mentioned forty four seconds airtime in the uh, the last round of the playoffs. The Lens over Wilson for airtime for Taylor Swift, and you guys have to go over under. One minute, five seconds. Brenton, over, under. Over, way over, way over, way over. I think it depends on if – is it only during the game or the whole broadcast? No, the 60 minutes of the football. Okay, so I was going to say, if the Chiefs win, we're going to see uh, a lot of Taylor and Travis. But if it's only the 60 minutes of the football game, I'll go over. I feel like if it was 44 okay. seconds, we'll get at least double that in the Super Bowl. And it all did right. feel like – I mean, that 44 – I feel like watching the AFC Championship game, you really didn't see her at all. Like, 
44 seconds. Yeah, I, I would I would say I'll say uh 135 seconds. Well, and one thing with that, eight of those seconds was an ad for the Grammys when uh, you know Jim Nance and Tony Robo were saying we got the Grammys coming up Sunday on CBS and they panned over to Taylor. It wasn't even really about her uh, being there as Travis Kelsey's girlfriend. It was hey, she's gonna be on our network here coming up this Sunday. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about the 49ers, then we'll talk about some uh, related storylines coming out of opening night right after this. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. There's a very bright, shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. All right, boys, 49ers were also there. Uh, we spent a lot of time talking about Taylor Swift because that's uh, that's what we do. It uh, pays the bills, as the kids say. But the 49er fans were certainly considerably louder. Brinson put it at 80-20. I actually had it 81-19, uh, so it, it was close. <laughs> uh, uh, Brinson, I'll ask you this. How concerned should you be if you're a 49ers fan, and even Kyle Shanahan, about the – the stench of not being able to get it done in the biggest moments. You mentioned 1994, last time they won. Uh, Shanahan was a ball boy, maybe, for the Broncos back then. Uh, so it's been a minute, as the kids say, since the 49ers were able to win a Super Bowl. That's just probably probably pretty close to it. Yeah, I mean, Kyle Shanahan, not exactly old. And I think you, you have that. You have the lengthy amount of time that it's been for the 49ers since they won the Super Bowl. And also, we've, we've, you know, we've covered this at length. Kyle Shanahan has a, you know, I hate to like attach a, a history of it of losing these big games because if you think about it, you know, he probably lost the three that come to mind, the 28 to three game against the Tom Brady and the Patriots, the greatest quarterback of all time currently. Um, and he wasn't even the head coach. Then you have the 10 point loss in the Super Bowl, 21 10 lead, uh, so 11 point lead in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. And Patrick Mahomes, who might end up being the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, and then you have the 10-point the lead against the Rams in the NFC title game against a Hall of Fame quarterback in Matthew Stafford. So there's a lot of, like, you know, maybe some extenuating circumstances there that it's not – it's easy to sort of let that narrative funnel into place. And just like it was with Andy Reid, where if he – if Andy Reid, Andy Reid can't win the big one. And as soon as he wins a big one, it's like that whole narrative goes away completely and that pressure just dissipates entirely and you go out and see him win a bunch. So. I think there's possibly, you know, look, 
that is a storyline. The Niners driving one for a while is a storyline, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I mean, you get two Super Bowls in four years as as a coach of the 49ers, and you're getting Patrick Mahomes in both of them. That is some bad, that's a bad beat, man. And that's why it sucks to be in the AFC for the next 10 years. Yeah, and with Shanahan, but, it's look, there was the whole going into the playoffs when you had you're at a point where they can't come back. If they start trailing, they cannot win. And what happened in that very first game? They were trailing by seven going into the fourth quarter. And we all saw the stat that gets thrown out there, whatever, 0-31 when you're trailing by seven or five or whatever the number was. And then – It was 0-31, yep. You, then they find themselves down 24-7 to in the NFC title game. And so he's getting these monkeys off his back. But if he loses in the Super Bowl, no one's going to remember – the, that is the only part of his reputation is going to stick with him is that he can't win the big game. And yeah, we've mentioned Andy Reid as a great comparison because everybody was saying the same thing about him before he won the Super Bowls. And if you want to look at a player, look at Peyton Manning. Remember, he could not get to the Super Bowl. It didn't happen until 2006. And everybody just kept saying he's choking in the playoffs. He can't win the big game. And that's that label just gets stuck with you. And there's no way to get rid of it until you win the big game. Brinton. Yeah, I would, I would add to that. Remember that, when the Patriots finally got back and won another Super Bowl, there was talk like, okay, this team has now lost twice to Eli Manning and the Giants. Can they win outside of Spygate? And then they go back and win with the Gate and win the Super Bowl and then rip off three more titles. Like, that's how we work. That's just how it works. I mean, it's the nature of the beast is when, like, it is there, – there was stuff where they were Rodgers, too, even, like, early. say, like, oh, I don't know. Can this guy win a Super Bowl? It's like, yeah, Drew Brees, you know, it's like, oh, can this guy – you know, it's it, – we do it with every – like every person in sports, if Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs went five years without winning a Super Bowl, we would start to ask questions if they can, if like the magic is gone. Like, do they need Travis Kelsey to be there, et cetera, et cetera? Something that we would find something to do with that. So, yeah, I do think that the Shanahan narrative might be potentially just a narrative. I was distracted momentarily because I was looking through some pictures, and this is one of the ones that I took at, at first night. Look at this. That's the jacket nice. John Breach had on. So. Go check it on YouTube. It's insane. And also in the corner there, look at this handsome devil. Like, hey, where's everybody? That's <laughs> me being like, God, please let me he just go. Like, he looks like Alan from The Hangover in that picture. Like, Zach like Alan from the hey, Breach, let me ask you something. I think you told me on the Uber ride back here, or the, with the we got the ride back here, Charbarius Ward's comments. Was that you telling me that? Yeah, well, we talked. Oh, yeah, I forgot you weren't on with HQ with us, but yeah. Uh, That's right. You buddy, you quit you quit you quit working an hour before everybody else. I forgot about that. Yeah. So we had no our buddy, that. we had our buddy Jordan Dejani. You already mentioned him. He had the fun suit there. So he was over there at Charvarius Ward's uh, podium, and of course, Charvarius Ward played for the Chiefs, and he got asked, "What's it like being on the 49ers instead of the Chiefs?" Charvarius Ward's answer: It's better. So that's just such a funny answer, but also it's kind of like a mini shots fired because you're really trying not to give anybody bulletin board material. And you imagine if you're Travis Kelsey or Patrick Mahomes hearing that, like, what do you mean, bro? It's better playing for the 49ers. Do you want to win Super Bowls or do you want to choke in big games? Because if you want to win Super Bowls, you want to play for the Chiefs. So yeah, it was, it was funny to hear a player do that. You want to hear him be honest and he was honest. I feel like he answered the question as uh, vaguely as possible. He could mean I like living in the Bay Area better than 
Kansas City, because right, when you start going down the road of actually looking at the wins and losses in the playoffs, it gets it gets a little murky pretty quickly. Brinson, any comments stuck out to you? Funny, weird, unfortunate? Um, no. And by the way, Traverius Tra- Tra- Ward is a Super Bowl champion. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, it's not like you were at the Chiefs and you didn't win anything, you know? Um, I-, I thought that, um, I think, again, for probably the something like four or fifth, fourth or fifth year in a row, uh, I-, I think that maybe, I think that maybe the thing that sticks out to me is that for whatever reason, and it's possible it's because it's the Chiefs have been there for a while. Remember, the Patriots were there for a long time. We didn't get anything, but then you get Seahawks, Broncos, and Richard Sherman's popping off about you know this and that and never at all and whatnot. Um, maybe Seahawks, uh, Seahawks, uh, Patriots. Anyway, the point being is you got these teams that have been there. You have, these two teams have been there twice in the last four years. They're not going to say something stupid. They have veteran coaches. They don't want them to give out bulletin board material. I also think there's a chance that the fans being in there gives it the, the the difference in the vibe that it gives it makes it a lot less likely you're going to get something really spicy from a player. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think yeah, so. That's um, yeah. Breach, what about um, Travis Kelsey? I don't know if you told me the punchline when he was asked about the ring situation. What was what was that exactly? Oh, someone. <laughs> Everybody wants to know if he's going to propose after the Super Bowl. And it's, if he's going to get asked about it, media night was obviously the time that someone was going to do it. And someone's question was, hey, if you get a ring, is there going to be another ring on Sunday night? And, uh, yeah, he just totally ducked the question. He said, this is the only ring. I'm only focused on one ring right now. But maybe that was the engagement ring. He didn't say which ring. By the way, I'm like a grandfather yes, having the having the grandkids recount the stories because I can't remember it. So now tell me the one about Patrick Mahomes and the, and the Kermit voice. What was that question? Somebody just asked Patrick like, Mahomes. We heard this like seven minutes ago. <laughs> no, they asked Mahomes to do the Kermit impression. Uh, and obviously, Patrick Mahomes, it's media night. You know you're getting crazy questions. So nobody's getting testy. And he said, my Kermit impression is me talking. And I, I can't so I, I, impression. Can you do one? He said, he said, my comedy breath. He's like my comedy breath is me talking. I'm doing it right now. Mike. No, so I bring I bring both those up because we we know the Chiefs have been to the Super Bowl frequently uh, in the Patrick Mahomes slash Andy Reid era. And for as great as it is to get to the Super Bowl, I would imagine this is probably one of the worst nights of the week for some of the bigger name Chiefs. Not Nick Bolton, who was sitting next to Mahomes and Reid and Travis Kelsey uh, on the booth uh, stand-up thing there like he was probably had a pretty breezy evening but it feels like that you know you're going to get an hour's worth of silly questions and look you can suck it up it's not a big deal but i would imagine they would prefer to be doing other things or is that just me being yelling at the clouds i think maybe a little bit of both you know once you've done this four times you know uh, i saw uh, peter schrager tweet out a quote from a home where he's like i'm just going to get into my super bowl routine this week, which is insane to think that you're, you know, 27 year old quarterback who's just got a routine for the Super Bowl. You're just used to doing what you do during the Super Bowl week. That's wild to me. Um, but you know, that's part of this. So, like, I, I so I think I agree with you, Wilson. It's like uh, media night. We've done this. We're gonna get asked the same questions. It's gonna be the same old stuff. 
at the same time, you have all these fans out there from your team who are cheering you on. Um, may, you know, maybe you revel a little bit if you're Travis Kelsey and Mahomes and being the villains, being the anti-heroes, if you will, and, and soaking in the booze that come from all the 49ers fans. And I think, too, you're like, okay, you know, my, we get in on Sunday, check in, get ready. Monday is media night. And then, like, it's just sort of a, a checkpoint. It's sort of like it is for us, right? We're like, we enjoy it, but you're also kind of tired of it. And you know, you you've done it so many times in a row that that it's like, all right, this is I but but you know that it's the Monday night checkpoint for you in terms of the Super Bowl week. It's like if, if you got a flight to Hawaii come up in on Friday, but you know you have to clean your house on Wednesday, you're just like, okay, I just have to get through that and then the awesome parts here. And that feels like that's what this is for the Chiefs. This is just let's get through media night and then it's just full prep for the Super Bowl so we can go out and win the game. No, I get it. All right, we'll Gotta wrap on this. Breach, give me your favorite moment from opening night. Is it – am I allowed to – is it – No, 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 no. You, you get one. You get one. So I'll, I know my first one, so I'll, I'll give you my first yeah, one. Yeah, you go. It was Casey, Casey Wolf, the Chiefs mascot, being uh, asked yeah. by a producer, Debo, to come over and mess yeah. with Ryan Wilson. He came over and photobombed us. Uh, then he, like, pointed at Breach's jacket, and then he rubbed Wilson's bald head with both of his greasy – I mean, think about all the all the different places, like, all the different – like, like you might have a new strain of whatever on your head right now, Wilson. Just think about all the different places those mitts have been. And he came over and rubbed your head, and you were – I've got to be honest, like, visibly bothered by it. And I don't blame you one bit. If you touched my hair, I would have been not very happy. And yeah, Debo, you mentioned- hold on one second, Breach. I'm not done. I'm not done going yeah. after Debo. That's two two strikes on Debo, and we're on a Monday. Keep it up. Keep it up. By the way, and Breach, the word you used, I think, was musty <laughs> to describe Casey Wolf, which I think was incredibly accurate. He smelled like a pair of gym socks. So that was all over this year. Go ahead, Breach. Well, it's a probably a good luck thing. He's not showering until they win the Super Bowl. Everybody knows that. Not good luck for me. And Wolves, I think they lit themselves a bathe. He didn't have time to do that. He's a big wolf. Uh I mean, he got his hands on Wilson's head and was like, like it was like it wasn't like a head pat. It was like a hey ball no, boy, he was, like just rubbing. And he, he was he was my earpiece that goes into my ears so that I couldn't hear you guys. Oh, that's right. For the last two minutes of this segment, and Brinson throws to me, and I have no idea what he just said. I have no idea what Wilson asked Brinson, and it's just it is live that's, TV live. That's called Sunday Night Brief. Uh, you know, Give us yours. It was fun seeing, like, I thought the Blue Man crew coming over, the Blue Man group, because, <laughs> you know, and you see these guys. The Blue on Man TV, crew. And if you've never seen the Blue Man group, man, they don't blink. They just stare at you. They're crazy, dude. The things. It looks like their eyeballs are going to pop out of their eyes, but it's part of their thing. And they just came over and stared. And I, I'm going to have nightmares about the Blue Man Group. But also, there we go. If you're watching on YouTube, it, it, that doesn't even like a real person. Terrifying. Wilson has a picture he is showing in the feed. It is bonkers uh, to see stuff like that. And, yeah, so it's cool seeing that because that's what you want. You're in Vegas. You want the excitement <laughs> of Vegas. And the Blue Man Group showing up and doing crazy things, showing up on the set. That That's part of the fun of Vegas. Breach. I, I would to say, too. Oh, sorry. Just I was just at all like I think in totality we've been here I don't know four, uh, twenty four plus hours now, roughly depending on you know when, when, which one of us got here and who you're talking about. But like this, I mean, we'll see how everything pans out for the week. 
But I think that like Vegas is probably installing itself as a pretty regular rotational spot for the Super Bowl because of the energy that it brings with it. And just like sort of in the same vein as New Orleans and I'm trying to think the other Miami, great- LA. Phoenix. Miami, yeah, LA sort of, but my I think Miami and New Orleans. You sort of get the you, anything goes because it's one of those cities, and you you really are getting that vibe early on in Las Vegas. Like this might be a pretty insane week in terms of the lead up to the Super Bowl, and I think we'll see some stuff we haven't seen before. Yeah, and breach, you get an F minus for your biggest, uh, the best thing you saw tonight because it should have been uh, sourdough Sam. As will Brinson. Again, this is on the YouTubes, or you can check it out. Breach tweeted it out. But, I mean, they're spitting an image of one another. Same size head. Brinson's head's actually a little bit bigger than Sourdough Sam's, but that's a conversation for another time. All right, boys. Brothers. That is it. Long Lost Brothers. Tomorrow, Tuesday, we will be on City Sports HQ at 8 p.m. Eastern. So check that out. Me, uh, Brinson, uh, Breach. We're talking about bowl predictions. I think we joined by Petey Prisco. So check that out. Thank you guys for watching and listening. We will see you guys tomorrow. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets.